When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Blush. I'm Tiffany and I'm here with Hiva. How are you? Hi, hi guys. I'm okay. What's going on with you? Not much. (laughs) My life is so effing boring. But I know this is going to be where you take a very emotional deep dive in this episode, Hiva. So I wanted to be a little open and transparent to start it off. So it's not just you bearing your soul. I really don't want to make light of this because last episode, I probably really pissed off the micro penis community. So <laughs> God, oh God, where is this going? I don't in any ways want to like seem like I don't take this seriously because I take mental illness very, very seriously. I just don't know a better word to describe what's happening to me right now. But I'm pretty sure my vagina has a mild depression. (laughs) Like a mild depression. Not like she's not like really bad. Like it's not bad. But she's a little depressed. Long story short, this is not going to... I feel like every guy that listens to this just turned this off. Because they're like, (laughs) I really don't want to hear about your vagina's depression. I'm really sorry. Just bear with me. This is not going to be the whole episode. Before the pandemic, I would get laser hair removal pretty regularly. And obviously that became illegal, so I stopped getting my vagina lasered. I don't see, I don't even know if it's legal now. I don't know if they've opened back up, but everything is outdoor in LA, and I'm not about to get my vagina lasered in a parking lot. Like, I don't know if that's what's happening, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, I will sit outside to eat. I'm not doing laser in a parking lot. So I have kind of let it live her life right like I just haven't been that diligent about it because I just was getting laser and now I'm like I don't care and here's the thing I don't think there's anything wrong with rocking a full bush even though I decide this is such TMI even though I decide to remove everything and make it like as bare as possible whatever you think is beautiful when it comes to grooming your vagina you should do that here's the problem though when you start getting laser hair treatment the hair thins out. So that's one issue. And then the other issue for me is whenever I would go, I would get whatever was on sale. So I would either get, some weeks I would get a Brazilian, sometimes I would get the landing strip, like whatever the sale was, was what I would get. So right now the hair is like uneven everywhere and it's growing out. So I look like Patch Adams. Like it's not like a straight, (laughs) it's not like a straight bush. It's like some areas are hairy, some areas are not. Some areas are long, some areas are thin, some areas are thick. Like I don't know what to compare it to, but it looks crazy it looks like the forest fires in california is what my <laughs> i'm picturing my dad's like very patchy <laughs> balding style which like good god i genuinely hope they don't listen to this episode oh my 
God. Oh That's my God. Like, could you imagine if one of their friends is like, hey, by the way, um, your daughter compared her friend's vagina to your head. I just want you to know. It's like it's just mortifying all around. But that's yeah, that's what I look like your dad's balding head down there right now. It's not pretty. So I feel like she's a little depressed. Like she's just looking at herself in the mirror and she's like, Why do I look like this? Why have you done this to me? And it doesn't help that it's winter, so I'm not wearing bikinis, so I have no need to like do any sort of maintenance I do think seasonal vaginal depression is a thing if you are also dealing with that just know you're not don't suffer in silence I'm also dealing with it I'm going to get better at it I feel like this is me admitting I have a problem I'm going to take control of the situation I'm not going to get laser but I will be diligent about everything else about grooming If you don't figure it out, or if you're just looking for an alternative, our friend who we're going to call Apple, uh, she recommended dry shaving. It sounds crazy because, you know, when I was in middle school or high school or whatever, I remember dry shaving my legs and I would get the craziest razor burn, but I tried it and it's, she explained it like it's something with the thickness of pubic hair that really prevents you from getting that razor burn and you end up just beautifully exfoliating your skin. And yeah, I mean, that that's what I swear by now. That's what I do. I don't get waxes. I don't do anything else. I just dry shave and and I love the way it feels afterwards. So give it a try. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I will definitely try that. So, you know, stay tuned to find out if the dry shaving works or not. Or you can just have your uh, vagina continue to look like my dad's balding head. But now every time I look down at it, I'm going to think of your dad. This is great. Is this great. is I'm yeah. so happy that both of our parents are probably going to disown us <laughs> after this episode. Episode 5 is really not all the other shit that we've said. <laughs> this is the breaking point. Bloody tampon they could handle, but comparing your vagina to my dad's head, I just don't see any coming back from this. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and on that beautiful transition, <laughs> So we want to be super transparent. The whole point of us starting this podcast, honestly, was for us to be open about our personal lives. And if any way, if that can help someone, that means so much to us. And we had originally prepared a very different episode this week. We were actually going to talk about all of the cringy stuff we do, which let me tell you, there was tons of material. And we will talk about that at some point for sure. But it felt really disingenuous to not talk about what's going on in Hiva's personal life. It has been a roller coaster of emotions for both of us this week. And I say both of us, even though it's <laughs> nothing to do with my personal life. But if you have a friend, you know, well, even just one friend, <laughs> and they are dating in any capacity... And you talk about your guys' dating lives to each other, you know that whatever they're going through, you are also just naturally going to go through as well. So if it's bad, it's bad for you. If it's good, it's good for you. It's just a mutual experience. So it has been a roller coaster of a week, and it felt very disingenuous if we didn't talk about what was happening. So 
Hiva's alluded to this, and I'll, I'll let you start, Hiva, that you've been dating a guy called the German. You've mentioned him almost in every episode, but you really haven't talked about him that much or how long you guys have been seeing each other or how you met. So tell us a little bit about the German. So before I get into this, I just, I really have to say thank you, Tiffany. I've been truly an emotional terrorist to Tiffany this past week. <laughs> like, I don't know how she's put up with it. I've sent her so many voice memos, freaking out, crying, happy. I mean, all through all the mood swings, I love you so much. Like, Aww. any semblance of sanity that I have, which is mild, it's mild, but the <laughs> tiny bit that I have is exclusively because of you. I love Aww. you so much. I owe you a lot. Thank you. Seriously. I love you too. No, of course. Of course. That's what friends are. That's truly what friends are for. It has been emotional. And yeah, I mean, I actually don't really know how you and German met. It's crazy how I'm so invested in all of this, but I don't really know the backstory about that. Yeah. So, okay. This is going to be a little hard for me, but we matched on Bumble Honestly, the reason I swiped right was because he was cute enough. He's from Germany. I grew up in Germany. And there were a few things on his profile I liked, a picture of a guitar, references to music. So we matched. We went for a walk for our first date. And it was just really easy and nice. We had a lot to talk about. He's very kind of health and wellnessy, but not in a way that's annoying, in a way where I'm like, wow, our lifestyles would actually be really compatible. And, you know, we went on a really long walk. It was just easy and effortless conversation. You know, we're stone cold sober, which I think is relevant because I think it's really easy to have fun on a first date if you're drinking because like drinking is fun. Yeah. It's pretty easy to have fun while you're drinking. So if you're having easy, effortless conversation when you're stone cold sober, I think that kind of means something. Our second date, we went on a walk again. Our third date, we go for dinner. Our eating habits are very compatible. Like he, he's not vegan, but he was for a while and he's very like open to that. And he in general likes eating healthy and stuff. So it just works really, really nicely. And so we start hanging out really consistently. I was really good at not letting it become over the top. Like he wanted to see me like every day, you know, and I'd have to be like, no, let's, you know, let's wait. But we're hanging out like two to three times a week. Things are going really well. Like when we are hanging out, it's so much fun. After the first time we went to dinner, we went and grabbed my dog and we took her for a walk and we went and grabbed vegan ice cream. You know, Carrie Bradshaw's apartment in Sex and the City? Yes. So it was one of those buildings on that street that looks like that with the steps. So we're just sitting on someone's front steps eating ice cream and making out. And it was it was like out of a movie. It was so cute. You know, everything's going really well. He He's very good at guitar. And so he's like writing songs about me. My favorite band is Fish and I'm vegan. And so he wrote a song about me and he called it Vegan Fish. Aww. 
Very cute. Yeah. So it's very cute. Yeah. Everything's going really, really well. And I keep warning him. I'm like, listen, I'm kind of crazy. Like you haven't seen it yet because you don't know me that well, but it's going to come out. And he's like, I can handle it. I can handle it. Just tell me how to handle it. The only hesitation I ever had was that I didn't have like intense butterflies or anything, but I really attributed it to attachment theory stuff. And I was like, he's so secure. He isn't leaving me hanging or wondering. And so I don't have that excitement. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, go back to episode one, where we really do a deep dive into attachment theory. So, you know, things are progressing great. Uh, you know, we're like making dinners together. We're just like spending days walking around the city, laughing, giggling. Everything's great. Like it's exactly what I want to be doing with my life. And then a couple of weeks ago, I noticed myself, I'm starting to get just irritable towards him and like low key trying to pick fights, but it's pretty moderate and he's handling it really well. About a week or two ago, I was aggressively trying to pick a fight over something that he said that was so inconsequential, like it did not matter at all. And so he kept trying to apologize and saying that he saw it differently. And then when he got annoyed because I kept bringing it up, I was like, well, if you can't handle this, then we're clearly not a good match. Like I warned you that I can be crazy. And now all of a sudden you're telling me you can't handle this. Maybe you should just leave. He was like, listen, I think that maybe you're trying to push me away. I used to do this with girls where I would just abruptly end things. And I think it was because deep down, I didn't really think I was worthy of love. And I think that maybe there's something similar going on here. Oof, chills. So he's just handling things perfectly. The next day, he FaceTimed me and I was I was talking to a friend. I was walking my dog. So I was like, hey, can I call you right back? And it takes me 30, 40 minutes to call him back. And I call him back and he doesn't answer. And so I'm waiting for him to call me back. And I just start losing my fucking mind as I'm waiting for him to call me back. So he calls me back like 25 minutes later and I was in rage and I didn't say anything, but I was like, I need a minute. And I take a few breaths to calm down. And then we have a little conversation. I'm a little cold and hostile, whatever we hang up. I don't hear from him for a couple of days, which I didn't think it was a big deal in part because I knew he was having a really stressful week. And then we get to a day where we're supposed to have plans. I still haven't heard from him. I'm at this point freaking out. Like this is when I start getting really crazy emotional. And so finally I text him. I'm like, Hey, are we still on for tonight? And I don't hear from him. Hours go by. And so finally at some point I'm like, listen, can you just tell me that you're alive? Because this has been the most attentive, responsive, communicative guy ever. And all of a sudden I don't hear from him. And I'm like, maybe he's like in the hospital. Like what is going on? Finally, late in the evening, I hear back from him and he's like, I'm fine. I'm alive. This is just me being fussy. Because I'd always said like there, there are ways like my crazy I'd call fussy. So he's like, this is my version of 
up being fussy. I retreat. I'm like literally begging him to call me because he's like, I can't talk right now. Let's just talk tomorrow. And I was like, please, please, please call me because I'm freaking out. So he calls me and he's like, listen, I'm not saying what I've done is right. You're right. It's wrong. But you yell and scream and get mean. This is my version of that. I just retreat because I'm so non-confrontational. I'm like, great. So what you're done with me all of a sudden? And he's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But when I left last weekend, I didn't think much of it. But then when we FaceTimed and you were so angry and unhappy to see me, That really gave me pause. I guess in my head, I'm like, shit, well, what do I do now? And so I was just like, I'm just going to end it with him in a like weird fucked up way to get the upper hand. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I can't forgive this. Like, I would have never done this to you. And he's like, honestly, I think what you do is worse. And I was like, I disagree. But, you know, like, clearly we're not a good match. That's fine. We're done. And he's like, please, let's talk about this tomorrow. I don't have the capacity to talk tonight. And I was like, no, there's nothing to talk about. And so he's like, I'm going to call you tomorrow. If you don't want to answer, don't answer. The next day comes and I'm freaking out all day. And so around 6 p.m., I just like can't take it anymore. I pull out my tarot deck. I do a little tarot reading for myself. And I was like, no, this isn't meant to be. And it's really the anxiety of not hearing from him. So I sent him a text and I'm like, hey, I think that the reason that I've been irritable and picking fights with you is because deep down, I don't really want to be with you. And so I'm trying to push you away because I don't think the feelings are there for me. I'm really sorry. Like, I wish you luck. I hope eventually down the road we can be friends. That's basically how it ends. I mean, he said something. He's like, you don't need to be sorry. We both acted in our idiosyncratic ways. And then I tried to call him and he was like, I'm still doing work. I can call you later. And I was like, oh, I have plans later. Maybe we can meet tomorrow to talk. And he just never really responded to that. We had some other little awkward chit chat and left it off about something about Mercury in retrograde. And... Yeah, haven't spoken since. It's been a lot of emotions that you've been feeling. You've gone back and forth with this decision to end it with him. We were sending voice memos throughout all of this. I was like, you know, maybe you shouldn't edit because I really like the German and I've been really honest about that. I think he seems very mature. Obviously, I haven't met him, but everything I've heard has been very positive. And even when we were going over the things that you weren't sure about him, it wasn't just that he like didn't respond for two days. There was other things that we don't have to get into that made you sort of unsure if he is a partner or someone you could seriously date in the long term, but they weren't massive things. And I think that's what makes it hard. I think for you, that's just been like a gut of like, you've always kind of questioned it a little bit, right? Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. Um, Well, not so much questioned it. It was just more like, okay, these are things I'd have to sacrifice on. But I always thought it was worth it because our long-term plans, our long-term goals, our visions, our lifestyles, these really broad, big, important things were so aligned. Uh, You know, even though he grew up in Germany, I grew up in Germany and we have that in common at the same time, I am very much American. Uh, They're just, he's so weird. Like he's just such a unicorn. Like he's like no one else I've ever met. And sometimes I'm like, is he too out there? Like, do I need someone yeah. who's a little more like me? But 
at the same time, I also love how out there he is. Like, these are things that I find so endearing about him. Yeah. So I don't know. And yeah, I've gone all over the place. But via doing a lot of digging, I don't think that the reason I was picking fights is because I know I don't want to be with him. I don't think that makes a ton of sense. I actually think there's a very different explanation. I think it's actually abandonment issues. Your parents are together. They've been married. Where does that abandonment come from? It's interesting because I would have never thought that. You're right, because my parents are very much together. Not only have they not abandoned me, like I was never alone I don't think I was ever home alone until I was in high school. And do you know how much I wanted them to abandon me a little bit? They were always fucking around. Please abandon me. Yeah. So, you know, I would have never thought that I have abandonment issues. But when I look at the symptoms of them, they perfectly correlate. So it's stuff like picking fights, cycling through relationships, or clinging on to unhealthy relationships, a need for constant reassurance, a need for control, impatience, especially when it comes to like waiting to hear from someone. These are all very classic abandonment issues and they perfectly align with not just what I pulled here with the German, but I've done this shit before. Basically people with abandonment issues kind of fall into two camps. Either they just avoid getting close to people altogether or they allow people to get close and then they become really volatile and emotionally reactive anytime they feel threatened or upset. I've done a little bit of both of these, but with the German, it's definitely the latter. People with abandonment issues are so afraid of being abandoned, being left, that we take control of the situation so we're not left wondering why. So either you just avoid intimacy or you pick fights so that when your partner inevitably leaves you, you know exactly why. You can blame it on yourself. Like that's what I was doing here. I'm like picking fights so that he ends things and I can be like, oh, it's my fault. I fucked it up. Yeah. I, I, I'm the queen the queen of abandonment issues. My parents divorced when I was two and a half. And a lot of people say, that's so great. You never had to experience it. And I say, on the contrary, I've been experiencing the divorce my entire life. It's like I made up for that two and a half years that I didn't experience it. Now I'm like adult life, teenage years, childhood. I'm going to experience this divorce as much as I fucking can. So because of that... I have always, everything you listed, every symptom, every reaction I have done in probably every single relationship I've ever had, I did not heal myself by any means. I still have all of the issues. I would say they have calmed down a lot because of my college boyfriend. He was not someone I ever envisioned myself being with long term. I stayed where I lived for college and all my friends, actually including you, Hiva, left. And I felt really, really alone. And it was at that same exact time that he kind of entered my life. And I really clung on to him in a kind of intense way. I didn't love him. I didn't even really wasn't attracted to him. This sounds so fucked up. But I felt so isolated and alone. And he was so there for me and was so 
into me that it was nice to get that sort of attention. And I unloaded a lot of my emotional issues on him. It's probably one of the worst I've behaved with any guy, mainly because I knew I could get away with it. And also because I was going through a lot of shit at at that time as well. And I had a massive, massive fear of abandonment. It's the worst it's ever been. About two years into our relationship, we had been fighting a lot, a lot of it provoked by me. Again, I don't think I really wanted to be in the relationship to begin with, so I would pick fights, but then I didn't have anyone else, and honestly, it was nice having him around, so I would stay. And look, none of this behavior is right. I look back on this, and I shouldn't have treated him the way I did, but I was also in college and I didn't fucking know any better. So I was doing what I thought I could do with being at the same time kind of fucked up myself, right? So we had been fighting. The relationship wasn't going well. It's about to be Thanksgiving break. He invites me over and he turns to me and he goes, I don't love you anymore and I don't want to be with you. And I was like, wow, I came over for this. Like, I feel like you could have sent this over the phone. It's literally the day before we're off for four days for Thanksgiving. So I drive home. I am emotionally just distraught to a level where I can't even get out of bed. Like, I'm barely getting out of bed to use the bathroom. Like, if I could have just gone to the bathroom in bed, I probably would have done that. I am crying my eyes out. I was so hysterical for a guy that, keep in mind, I don't even know if I fully wanted to be with, but the fact that he didn't love me anymore and ended things with me, it was like my entire world just completely went to shit. I spent four days hysterically crying, not showering, not getting out of bed. I, it was just the worst Thanksgiving. And so by day four, the pain is so unbearable that I come to the conclusion I have to get him back. That's the only way I can stop the bleeding. I have, we have to get back together because if we get back together, I have nothing to be upset about. I'm not actually addressing why I'm so distraught. I'm not addressing the fact that I don't want to be with this guy and this is all childhood trauma, abandonment shit coming up because I don't know any better. So I get it in my head. I'm going to get back together with him and then I won't feel this pain anymore. So I start texting him. I start going out. I will like text him like, I miss you. I'm out with friends. Just thought of you because blah, blah, blah was brought up. And then I and then he'll text back and I won't say anything for two days. Like I am playing just this manipulative game of anything I can do to like plant seeds and then pull away. Honestly, just toying with him. And I would say about after like a week and a half, two weeks, I kind of got him back into my hold. And I was like, listen, like, why don't we just meet up? I feel like we never had a conversation about this. And he's like, okay. And then we meet up and I use, you know, everything in the book, sex, charm, you know, desperation. I basically beg him to get back together with me against his own will because I don't think he wanted to. And we do. And we get back together. (laughs) We're together for a year after that. And after a year, I, I leave the city. I move out to LA. We end up breaking up. And I realize a lot of things. I never, ever really wanted to be in that relationship. And when we broke up, I should have just let that be. Like, I was really, really unhappy. Me wanting to get him back had nothing to do with him. It was my own 
personal shit at that time. Realizing that was huge for my abandonment issues because I really never wanted to make that mistake again. I didn't want to use my traumas and my childhood stuff and my my problems to stay in a relationship when I don't really want to be in it. And there was another thing that really flipped the switch for me. When you have a fear of something, you know, when they say like, oh, you're you're super scared to jump out of an airplane and then you jump out of an airplane and then you're kind of fine with it. It was like sort of ripping off the bandaid in a way. It's like once I was abandoned, once a guy told me he didn't want to be with me, he didn't love me anymore. And it kind of blindsided me in a way. After that, like, I don't know what it was, but I just going through that trauma of it and coming out the other side and coming out the other side, realizing it wasn't him, it was me. And I never wanted to be with him to begin with. It flipped a switch. And now when things have ended with a guy, I've, of course, I've been upset. I'm, I'm human. But that fear of abandonment, it really toned it down. It really like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, Eva, but I just, I didn't feel as strongly about it once I was abandoned. Yeah, it does. See, I almost have the opposite because I don't know. I mean, I don't know when it started for me. It must have been in childhood. But one specific incident that sticks out to me is, do you remember the guy I was dating in high school? Yeah. I don't recall us ever fighting. We had like a fine relationship. Everything was fine. And then one weekend I went away with our mutual best friend. We're partying. I don't talk to him all weekend. I didn't think anything of it. I was away. I was having fun with my friend. I come back from the weekend. I think everything's fine. I have no reason to believe otherwise. And he fucking broke up with me. I was like, what the hell happened? Like, we were fine two days ago. Like, I don't, like, what is going on? And he didn't really give a reason. I mean, he was like, listen, you're going away to college in the fall. Like, we probably would have broken up anyway at that point. May as well do it now. And I was still like, what the fuck? Like, like it was, honestly, I think it was maybe the hardest breakup of my life because I was so fucking confused. At some point, I realized how much it was fucking with my head. And this was like two years later. I ended up hitting him up and I was like, hey, why the fuck did you break up with me? And he was like, honestly, I had such severe trust issues because his last girlfriend before me had cheated on him a bunch. And he was like, all my friends had convinced me that you were cheating on me. And I was just constantly afraid that you were cheating on me, which for the record, I was not. I was not cheating on him. I never did anything even loosely resembling cheating on him. It's interesting how we were both abandoned and dealt with it in very different ways. It helped me and it really hurt you in a lot of ways yeah I mean it's entirely possible that that's where my abandonment issues began although I'm not sure because these things usually come from childhood and I just want to say that even if you grow up in a really loving stable home even though your parents are physically there they're just not capable of meeting your emotional needs because they don't know how, not because they don't want to or because they're bad parents. They just might not know how. They might not know what you need. Sometimes it comes from early childhood experiences and friendship dynamics, or you know, sometimes it can come from early relationship dynamics. Either way, these wounds come from somewhere. And yeah, I mean, you see, I my parents divorced, Heva's parents were together, and we're both psychotic, so it doesn't necessarily make a difference what your parents did. 
if someone is listening to this right now and they're like, holy shit, I really relate. I'm having these issues. What is something that they can do on their own to help? I started really deep dive researching this and the obvious answer is therapy, right? I, we all know that. I've done a lot of it. It can be slow. It can be difficult. And I always like to look at other methods that are more interactive. And so two specific modalities of therapy stood out to me. One is somatic therapy, which is great. And I'll actually link in the show notes a somatic therapist who I've worked with in New York City who is amazing. A second form is something called EMDR, which stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. EMDR is really touted for helping people process and move on from disturbing life experiences. You know, it's used a lot in PTSD and CPTSD. CPTSD is a complex PTSD. It's when kids have childhood trauma from unstable homes. It's a little more complicated than the soldier type of PTSD because it's, you know, an early childhood where you have very little control and it's so consistent. I'm not going to get too deep into the science, but basically the theory is that our negative thoughts and behaviors, so in this case, like the abandonment fears and how we act out because of the abandonment fears, these things come from unprocessed memories. And so the scientists behind EMDR claim that when we pull up these unprocessed memories and simultaneously engage in bilateral movements, the bilateral movements are usually in the form of rapid eye movements, that helps process the memory. So essentially the rapid eye movements will dampen the power of an emotionally charged life event or trauma. And so what can they do? Because when you say all this, I think, do I just move my eyes around really quickly <laughs> and I'm healed? Yes and no. Uh, we have to preface this. We are not licensed psychologists. I am a licensed crazy person, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But we are not licensed psychologists. This does not replace working with a licensed psychologist. But also, not everyone has access to therapy. It's expensive. And even if you do have access to a therapist, you can't always reach out to one in the exact moment that you're triggered. And I know for me, my impatience is so out of control. Like, I need something right in that moment or I will freak the fuck out. So... I'm going to talk you through what I did to self-soothe in those moments. You know, you guys can try it on your own. Uh, again, I would recommend working with a professional, but this is what I did. So I'm just going to share what I have done. First, I took out my journal, my pen. I started journaling on what was triggering me. So at that moment, the fact that the German wasn't talking to me was triggering me and the fear that he might never talk to me again. And so then I started recalling all the times in the past when I felt that same trigger, that same type of fear. So I keep going back. I'm like listing other experiences with other guys in the past. And I keep writing and writing and writing until I get to the oldest memory I can recall where I had a similar feeling. 
Then I pulled up an EMDR YouTube video. We'll link the one that I used in the show notes so that you guys can check it out for yourself. But basically what happens in the video, and I would recommend putting it on full screen, what happens in the video is there's a dot that will move around the screen kind of quickly. And what you do is you think of the triggering thought while following the dot with your eyes. So your eyes will be moving rapidly while you're thinking of the triggering thought. I have to say, I was kind of skeptical, but I was really shocked at how quickly, like really within a minute or two, the emotional charge of all of these things really left my body. With the German, I was kind of like, eh, if I fear from him, I do. If I don't, I don't. Whatever, whatever's meant to be will happen. And I'm not going to like lie and pretend that I've been super emotionally stable since then. But every time I start to become a little unstable again, I just pull up the video again and I do it again and I find that it really really calms me you know if you're dealing with something and maybe therapy hasn't helped you like this could really be something that I mean you have nothing to lose at the end of the day like you just move your eyes around a little bit and worst case scenario it doesn't work it truly nothing bad can happen it's free it takes like two minutes you're not sitting here spending a ton of money or you know doing this and that but I think that even if you have a therapist there might be a situation where you're freaking the fuck out and you cannot self-soothe just try it it'll take a couple of minutes and really because I've been fluctuating all over the place as poor Tiffany knows like I uh, one minute I'm totally fine I'm like no it's fine it, uh, you know whatever is meant to be will be and then one minute I'm freaking out crying hysterical and every time I start to get to that hysterical place I just go back into the EMTR and I do find I mean it's shocking at how quickly I will calm down when I do it you have been on a lot of different ends and I feel like this whole saga with the German right now we're sharing this story that kind of has an ending. Like you guys are technically sort of not talking and done, but we really don't know if it's over, over. And that's sort of the messiness of dating, right? Like sometimes shit pops back up. Sometimes it's done. Yeah. And honestly, when you were sharing about your college boyfriend, I was kind of like, huh, is this the guy for me? And I just pushed him away because I was scared or did I maybe not even really want to be with I I really I'm not positive like I really am not positive two things that I do know for a fact is I do have these abandonment issues I do push people away when I get close to them and even if like deep deep down I didn't want to be with him that's not an acceptable way to end it you know, and I've done so much dating this summer and I've had no issues every other time being like, hey, I actually, as much as I think you're an amazing, amazing guy, I don't see this going somewhere. So regardless, I know that there's an issue here that I need to address and work on for myself because I don't want to feel like this going forward in the future. It's real shitty. And I do not ever want to feel like this again. There's no amount of a safe guy who can help you not feel like this. You have to fix this within yourself. So I know that and I know I have to take it seriously and work on it. So that's number one for me. And number two is that ultimately, I mean, not to be too sappy, but if it's meant to be, it will be. And I need to just release it and stop 
focusing on that element of it. That's the biggest thing that, you know, if you're going through kind of what he was going through, I hope this is in some way comforting to hear that it's so normal. Relationships are so, so messy. It's what I've been telling Hiva on a constant basis. And sometimes you just have to let things play its course. Like, I know I also am a very impatient person and I want answers. And if there's anything I've realized is you're not going to get them when you want them. You're going to get them when it's the right time and when the universe wants to give it to you. And you know, with my college boyfriend, it took me a year to realize that I never really wanted to be with him. I just had abandonment issues. At that time, I was so desperate to get back together that I like convinced myself I was madly in love with him when in retrospect, I really, really wasn't. So, you know, and I've been telling Kiva this, but it's just you got to be patient with yourself. You got to be forgiving of yourself. And on that note, definitely being patient with others. We don't fully know where the story is going to end. I mean, for now, it's over. Who knows what will happen in the future? It is honestly like really hard to talk about but I'm glad that I did like Tiffany said at the beginning this podcast is about us being honest sharing what's actually going on in our lives and so you know even though it's been hard in this circumstance to do it I'm glad that we did and frankly it's a really nice opening because he doesn't know that this podcast exists I mean I think he probably suspects because I have a room in my apartment that is soundproof that has padding on the walls I have a professional microphone professional studio headphones so I think he probably suspects there's some kind of audio video situation going on in here but I've never told him so I know he won't listen to the podcast and so we can speak very very freely about him and I mean I guess we'll just kind of keep you guys in the loop on what's going on uh in the meantime you know I'm just trying to get back to living my life and focusing less on him That's the best thing to do when you're dealing with sort of like an ending of any sort of relationship is focusing on yourself, putting your own mental health first, leaning on your friends and realizing that it's just, you know, even if you do want to get back together or if you don't, you just need to let the time go and let it play out. Let let everything play out and it'll as corny as it is, it'll work out in the end. So yeah, if any of you guys are going through something similar or have gone through something similar, something where you you notice that you're picking fights, you see yourself doing it. It's almost like you're having an out-of-body experience. You're watching yourself do it and it just you just can't seem to stop. Please DM us and tell us your stories or just say that you can relate because it would make me feel a lot better knowing that other people have done this or have been there or are currently there. And honestly, if you're in a position like me where you're just trying to have patience and wait to see where things unfold and you find yourself spinning and having a hard time not texting someone, not calling someone, DM us instead. I mean, maybe just DM me because Tiffany's already dealing with me, so her hands are really full, but (laughs) maybe if you DM me, that'll give me something else to do so that I stop, you know, emotionally terrorizing Tiffany. (laughs) Stop. When you first started this, I thought you were going to say, if you're also dealing with abandonment issues, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. (laughs) I was like, wow, I love this. (laughs) I love this new opening. (laughs) But yeah, make sure if you also are dealing with 
childhood traumas, you subscribe. We'll have more of that coming your way. So do we have any sort of giveaway that we're doing this? Yes. Okay. So please subscribe, share, rate five stars, and leave a good review. If you send a screenshot of the fact that you're subscribed to the podcast, a screenshot of a five-star review that you left, and a screenshot of you sharing this episode with someone, then Tiffany and I will send you a video of us doing rapid eye movements. Yes. No one's going to subscribe. People are going to be like, I really, really don't want to see this. Like, why do you keep taunting me with things I don't want? Everyone just hit unsubscribe. The last thing they want is me and you moving our eyes rapidly. What the fuck? Also, um, seriously, Dad, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry I compared your head to Tiffany's vagina. I'm so sorry. I don't know what else to say. I've been having a really hard week. I'm, so- I'm crying. If your vagina also looks like he was Dad's head, DM us a picture to enter the giveaway. For those of you that were able to stay through after my vagina monologue, thank you so much. So love you guys. Love you guys. Real talk, though, I'm about to actually be abandoned by my dad now. (laughs) (laughs) Things come full circle. (laughs) Go get that rapid eye immediately. (laughs) All right. Until next week. Until next week. Love you guys. Love you guys.